I know it really has. It's been uh, it's been a while since, since like we've des- podcast December. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There was the Oscars, um, which wasn't really a podcast, technically. Yeah, still available to be seen on our YouTube channel though, so you can go check that out if you haven't seen it yet. Um, but yeah, we haven't done just general movie talk on a podcast in a while. We've had a lot of lists really long list yeah so much so much lists we <laughs> did our got our list fill in yeah so now this is just free free flowing discussion of some terrible <laughs> movies we saw it's super it's super organic we'll go in depth into all the horrible shit that we saw uh throughout 2019 but yeah yeah we, but for some movie talk in the beginning um just about what we've seen recently i mean have you seen have you seen a lot lately anything notable luke it's hard to know where to start because it has been a while since Mm -hmm. we've done this uh i after bong won best picture i watched uh i watched two of his movies in the next couple days um i watched um okja and the host and uh, i liked them both a lot uh Okja is a very Ocha. it's it's a very direct uh satire and it's a, and, and it's a lot about uh um like uh it just goes up mass production of of, of you know farm feeding and stuff like mm-hmm. that um so and it's so it's very direct but i i liked it it had a lot of heart mm-hmm. and um it's very goofy and strange like yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal, I don't know if you've ever heard, but he has a very strange role in Okja. I've heard that um, yeah. as like a television personality type of for America type of guy, <laughs> and it's very strange because it's you can feel like it's a Japanese character, like a Japanese comedy character, but it's being played by Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal so it's 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 very odd in wow. that aspect. But I. I really just couldn't get enough of it <laughs> at the same time. Awesome. I still haven't um, seen that. I feel like that's one that uh, a lot of people know about. Just because yeah, because it, it came, came out, out in 2017. So yeah. Yeah, it came out in 2017. It's very relevant to uh, things like all the Impossible Burgers that are out now- mm-hmm. <laughs> nowadays. Um, it's produced by Tilda Swinton, uh, too. So you can tell it's very important to her, and she plays two roles in it. Um, it's also got Paul Dano in it as well, so I think it's a very accessible uh, movie for the sta- people in the States. Cool. Um, so, yeah, Okja is definitely worth checking out. Um, and then I watched The Host, yeah, I uh, which the I've, host. Been, I've been trying to get to for um, such a while, and I finally did. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's, it's a pretty awesome monster movie great monster movie yeah it's definitely uh it just feel after you now that i've seen multiple bong joon ho movies it just 
has that Bong Joon Ho sort of stamp on it um, as a monster uh-huh. movie, which yeah, yeah, so so likable, great to watch, fun time. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, it feels like one I could rewatch for sure mm. uh, five times, and it'd be just a always entertaining classic. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, there's a lot to unpack in it. Um, so those are the bongs. Um, I also watched on the Criterion channel. This is actually last night. I watched, um, a Werner Herzog movie, a Werner Herzog movie, uh, um, Aguirre, The Wrath of God, uh, which is one I wanted to try to get to for a while. It's kind of a, uh, a depiction of, um, a depiction of, uh, Spanish conquistadors on their way to the to, on their search for el dorado and them first getting uh uh to uh to the south america and but it's uh it's uh very uh Herzogian in the way to where it's not uh a you know a by the book uh historical movie it's very um it's very um, obscure and probably I'd say for mainstream audiences very uh, would be very hard to get through and understand. But it, I also thought it was just a uh, a very brilliant movie with a lot to say and just so much. There's a lot of impressive um, imagery that you're just kind of constantly wondering how did they even get that and um it, it's just kind of an amazing it, it's a weird mystical um uh adventure in south in south america and it's kind of and follows up a lot about uh um it has a lot to say about um greed and um christianity i believe at least what i took from it um and so yeah that's what i wanted to get to for a while because i've been trying to get into Herzog more um, they used to have all of them on the Criterion Collection. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, you remember, you remember that. Yeah, and it, yeah. they're all gone now. Yeah. I I watched like a few shorts. I watched a documentary, and I watched one feature, and then I, you know, I had two more in chronologically before I got to Aguirre, and then I look, you know, a week later, and everything's gone, yeah. and I was so disappointed because. Um, I was super excited to go on this run because I've I've found a uh, great personal connection to Herzog's movies, and yeah, I, it sucked. There was a, it was a great collection that they took off. Yeah. Um, and and I'd much rather watch that have something like that on there than the like thirty to forty John Luke Godard movies that are on there. You know what I mean? I just <laughs> I'm much more personally interested in Herzog. I think that. Uh, I, I just enjoy them more. I think there's a lot more to unpack. Um, I think they're just inter- just there's more interesting to me personally, and uh, mm-hmm. I I wish those were on there. I'm kind of I have all the Godards on my list, and I'm just kind of sick of. I've watched a lot lately. I'm sick of Godard. <laughs> I wish there weren't so many Godards on there anymore. Uh, so yeah, that's a query. The <laughs> Wrath of God. I feel like they um, a lot of times have those collections that only last a month. So then you have to, yeah. you really have to just watch them right away. Otherwise, it's gonna be gone. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. That's one of them. Um. Yeah, I mean, what should I say next? Yeah, well, whatever you, whatever <laughs> you're feeling. 
it's really been a while. I'm looking back at my Letterbox diary now. It's really been a while since we've talked about anything that we've watched recently, besides 2019 movies, obviously. Um. Well, I watched. Um. I also watched a Paul Schrader movie uh, called Hardcore. It's also on the Criterion Channel. This was like a month ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been also trying to knock off the Schraders on the Criterion Channel. Um, so that's part of that quest. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I don't know which to go with. I watched the Tony Scott movie Domino and also the Tony Scott movie Unstoppable. Oh, there so I go. watched two 2000s Tony Scott movies. And so you'd be interested in this. The reason why I watched uh, Unstoppable is actually uh, Quentin Tarantino was on a podcast. And you, there, you, there's a good chance you saw something about this on social media or something like that. Uh, Quentin Tarantino makes a mention of his decade list, which uh, we did on this uh, podcast, yes. of course. And so we're very familiar with doing that. And must have listened Tarantino to our mentioned that at the top of his decade list was the movie Unstoppable wow. by Tony Scott. And I was just very surprised. Because <laughs> uh, I had it was a movie I hadn't seen when I was a kid. It was a movie I didn't expect would age well. I think it's a movie that uh, gets a a lot of um, flack from people for being this silly Hollywood train movie. And so I was kind of like, all right, what like that unstoppable <laughs> at the top of your list? And in a way, I kind of get it because it's a huge Hollywood blockbuster. And I've learned from many interviews with uh, QT that that's what he likes. And so I decided to give Unstoppable another watch. And I, I admit I, I, I saw what he where he was coming from. Uh, totally. <laughs> I was incredibly entertained by Unstoppable. But on the on my decade list uh it's it's hard for me to say that it would be there with some of the films that i put on my decade list but right. i get i get why he likes it and i think that uh unstoppable definitely uh if you haven't seen it in a while uh check it out is has a lot going for it i haven't um, seen it since it like came out like right after it came out in theaters i yeah. think i rented it with my family and we watched it but i don't I, nothing really comes back to me when i try to remember what happens like <laughs> i don't know it wasn't a very memorable thing. i didn't movie remember anything me. either yeah. and then i i rewatched it and it all came back and it was like maybe, whoa maybe it just needs two watches years <laughs> apart for I, you to really take it in maybe <laughs> maybe i actually yeah i actually watched it a lot when i was a kid and that so it was like a childhood movie and then i I, mm-hmm. I figured it would be one of those where i'm like oh that's something i liked as a kid it's probably really dumb yeah. as an adult and then i was watching i'm like oh that's why i liked this movie because it's a it's an action movie they it's, it's an action movie with trains <laughs> it's pretty sick yeah that's dope <laughs> and it's got and it's all it's got a cast it's got all these hollywood actors running a train line <laughs> now that's it's pretty cool <laughs> yeah it's kind of cool uh nice i do love a good action movie from the you know mid to early 2000s those are yeah always, I th- yeah exactly i think watch. it ages kind of well and uh makes me want to check out the rest of tony scott's uh 
train trilogy uh with and watch pelham one two three again because that's one as a kid i liked a lot too yeah i think i like that one more than unstoppable but again it's been years since they're actually very similar in a way there except that he tries a lot of uh like like for instance they all take place on a train and on the phone people are on the phone the whole time Mm -hmm. um but I think in Pelham One Two, and they're both and they're both nods to the working man, very very anti corporate nods to the working man. But they're also made by giant studios yeah, right. and, and are huge huge blockbuster movies. Um, and I think the main difference would be that Pelham One Two Three has like Travolta's weird philosophical performance going on yeah uh which i can't wait to check out again <laughs> yeah that that is a reason why ticking of pelham one two three stands out more to me is because because of the villain because of john yeah. travolta in it yeah yeah but uh yeah no tony scott has some uh some solid rewatchable movies yeah that's, yeah totally that's a fun one to delve into cool yeah the other Tony Scott I watched was Domino, um, and that one, it's good up to a point. Um, it actually, it's kind of, kind of badass Kira Knightley, and um, and um, it's it's just like great stylized action. It's got Mickey Rourke, Edgar Ramirez. I, it just becomes a little overly ambitious as mm. it goes on and lacks focus, um, but still a worth a watch for sure hmm. um i it's like in a way the best the tony scott uh like style has looked i would say interesting cool yeah so i'm I th- i'd say that uh ends my what i've seen lately because there's a lot of others and it would just go on yeah i'm gonna i'll pick out some uh some noticeable ones this i'm gonna go gonna reverse chronological or no, this is okay. chronological. I'm I'm starting from like a month January. ago and then going okay. forward. Anyway, so uh, a movie that I saw that I've been wanting to see for a really long time, uh, Don't Look Now. Great uh, horror uh, movie horror from film. the 70s. Um, Donald Sutherland. Uh. It's uh, a really, really good uh, horror film. And... It's got it has a lot of I guess supernatural eerie elements to it, and it feels uh, similar to a Dario Argento movie. I have movie. seen the cover to this uh, movie. Oh, it's Nicholas Rogue. Nicholas Rogue. This yep. is the movie with. Um, this is not the one with. Um, with Mick Jagger. This is the other Nicholas Rogue. Yep. This yeah. is yeah, uh, Donald Sutherland and. Um, yeah. Uh, who's the Julie Christie? Julie Christie. Yeah, and it's, yeah, it's... I've been trying to get to Nick Rogue for a while, um, and they took those off as well. <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. You have to like watch them as soon as they go on the channel. But uh, yeah, I love Don't Look Now. It's uh, that's cool about these parents who they, I mean, suffer a loss. It's right in the beginning. Their daughter dies, and then <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> Uh, but uh, <laughs> then you kind of you go through them coping with that, and just it gets weird and uh, as great twist at the end, and 
yeah just really really good movie um would easily watch that one again um let's see what did i see since then uh i also finished my rewatch of the james bond series and made my definitive ranking on Letterboxd, which <laughs> is is the definitive ranking. No other lists matter when it comes to James Bond, only that one. Uh, but I will say Daniel Craig and Sean Connery are definitely my top my top Bonds if you look at that list clearly. Um, From what I hear, that's what others uh, think as well. Yeah. There's some love for uh, George Lazenby, who did the one movie he'd like never done a movie before and then all of a sudden they throw him in as james bond i honestly don't think it's it's as good as some people say but it's become like a cult sort of phenomenon since then you know it's it's good that you made this list because i don't know when i will watch the bond movies and if i i don't don't think there's any way to say i will ever watch all the bond movies but Mm -hmm. i would like to dive into them myself and i i like having uh stuff to go off of like just knowing okay when i watch this one that one's gonna be really good it's gonna be a good use of my time so yeah seeing something like from russia with love at the top of the list ahead of uh you know the two craig bonds that i have seen that which i think are really great uh it really motivates me to watch it yeah i from Russia, with, from Russia with Love is uh, my favorite Bond film, I, which I decided after this because it was always one I loved. But then, like, and growing up too, uh, then everyone always talks about Goldfinger, and I love Goldfinger too. But I, I never, I never thought it was as um, perfect as Evil Bond movie as everyone else okay. said. But From Russia with Love is like my, yeah, quintessential bond movie and then right after that are skyfall and casino royale but uh when when does the new bond come out uh april so a couple months yeah wow and i'm excited there's a chance i will i will knock some of these off like do my own mini bond uh warm-up mini bondathon yeah 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 definitely it's uh i'm glad i finished it now but now i'm also like i need a break from james bond yeah <laughs> until the new one comes out yeah because i do like the spy genre a lot and i'm sure it's yeah, a, right. I'm, i will have a lot of fun uh some of these older ones especially that i haven't seen just look like they're a great time oh for sure yeah there's even some campy ones that are just um good yeah yeah movies too that's what i'm looking for the campiness too you could definitely say that the Craig ones aren't campy. No, not at all. <laughs> yeah. And they said when Timothy Dalton came Bond, they had a vision to make Bond like more gritty. But I don't think they really capitalized on that until Daniel Craig because Timothy Dalton was like to me he's if you want Was Bond Timothy to Dalton be, the ni- the nineties Bond? Uh right before Pierce Brosnan, so like late eighties. Uh yeah. I think one of them might be might be early nineties. But he only did two of them, and he's. They were vocally saying, I'm vocally saying, they were saying that uh, these are supposed to be more gritty with Timothy Dalton. And to me, he yeah. just. He's not a gritty guy. Like, he looks. He does not look like a gritty guy who's going to be someone like Daniel Craig. Like, he's the opposite of Daniel Craig. He seems like he'd be the more comedic one. But, uh, okay. yeah, it really gets gritty when Daniel Craig comes in, and those are, I think tonally the best bond movies but mm. 
with exception of Spectre and Quantum of Solace. But yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's a, that's a lot of Bond talk. Um, also, since I finished that, I I finally watched the documentary Hoop Dreams, which still haven't seen that. It's been on my list for a long time, and I finally decided to just watch it super long so i had to watch it in like two installments but uh oh, how yeah. long is it it's like three three and a half hours mm. um yeah actually just under three hours um but yeah it's really great you'll love it because it, i mean it's about basketball and it's also got a lot to do with chicago and yeah um it's also it has a very i guess humanizing experience of like these star high school basketball the recruits and yeah and seeing them go through you know thinking that basketball is everything in their life you know there's there's nothing more and then sort of coming to realization that they're you know they they weren't as in love with the game as they thought they were and Hmm. um yeah just how i guess life can change when you're this adolescent you know with dreams of of something so huge that doesn't happen to many people um Hmm. yeah Really, really good documentary. Worth the hype, for sure. Yeah, the NBA All-Star game was just in Chicago this weekend, which is... Yeah. And they did that nice uh, tribute to Chicago with Common. I missed that, but I heard about it. I yeah, heard it was about pretty cool. It. Yeah, it was good, uh, like, Chicago. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. It, it just good stories about Chicago, and uh, I feel like Chicago's a big a lot basketball of, city. A lot of Chicago anyway, so. pride. Yeah, Chicago pride. Um. Yeah. Yeah. That was. Uh. Those were really good. You should uh, check it out. Um. And then also. Okay. I'm just gonna talk about. Uh. Two more. One was. Um. It's actually good that I uh, mentioned this because this is the reason I watched this movie as well as Don't Look Now. But uh, I rewatched Edgar Wright's Criterion. Uh. Closet oh, yeah. video. Yeah. And. Uh, That's what he pulled out. Yeah. He. he he took out Don't Look Now and Eyes Without a Face, which is the movie, the other movie I was going to talk about. Um, and they were both ones that I had been so interested to watch. And that was sort of my, like, my push into the deep end to like just jump in and finally watch them. Uh, and Eyes Without a Face was another great horror movie, too. Um, it's, uh, it's sort of... There's some parts of it that are kind of funny just because they're a little dated, but... I didn't think that took away from it at all. It was really good um, horror movie with some interesting themes and just very creepy eeriness. Um, and I uh, really recommend that one. It's a good double feature with Don't Look Now. Um, also on the Criterion channel. And those are both on... They were both on Edgar Wright's closet picks, right? Yep, both Edgar Wright yeah. closet picks. So was, I, I, I like Edgar Wright a lot. Um, so I figured like he'd have some good recommendations and he's also just a huge movie fan, uh, in general. So, uh, and then the last one is I just watched the other night, uh, it's called the last of Sheila and I watched the last of Sheila because it's a, a murder mystery and I wanted to see some more of those after knives, um, knives out and Ryan Johnson recommended the last of Sheila. Mm, cool. Um, cool. So yeah, that was another solid murder mystery on the, on a yacht in the Mediterranean. So it has a nice <laughs> setting and everything too. Ah. Um, yes, yeah, so it was a solid murder mystery movie and, uh, yeah, that's pretty much 
what I've what I've been seeing lately. Didn't you watch like a month ago Inherent Vice or something? Oh yes, I that was so long ago, but yeah, we haven't even talked about it. I finally got around to seeing Inherent Vice too, and I am gonna need to watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, I uh, I really enjoyed Inherent Vice more than I thought I would. Yeah, because so, I th- so it's a weird movie. Yeah, it is weird, and it's. I thought I was gonna be bored at some parts, but then I I always it kept me kept me going throughout. It would be like the end of a scene, transitioning to a new one. I'd be like, okay, now I gotta see where this is going because it's all like so confusing, and it it's more confusing to try and figure mm-hmm. out exactly what everything means and what everything's going on. But uh, that's kind of what I liked about it was that it was it was different. And it intrigued me. It makes me want to watch it again. And uh, it just makes me ask questions, I guess. And I like that. So, yeah, yeah. it's one of those when I watch where I'm wondering, I'm like, am I in this? And I'm like, I'm, I'm not I'm not really <laughs> following this, but I'm very uh, I'm very intrigued and I'm very uh, mm-hmm. just fascinated by what's going on always. Um, and I, and I've watched it a lot, so I've had plenty of time to be intrigued and fast <laughs> and fascinated. Yeah. Yeah, but it was uh yeah, it was great. And I yeah, I got to keep um finishing like these directors, I guess, run-throughs that I'm doing. I need a couple more from PTA and then I'm done. Uh Phantom Thread and Heart 8, but uh Oh yeah, the first and the last. First and the last, yeah. So, um uh, yeah, I'm excited to uh to see all of his filmography too. Um yeah um all right but besides those movies 2019 we still saw some um shitty movies we talked a lot about all the movies we loved from 2019 yeah we're going from the lower half but now it's yeah it's time to to talk about some not so good stuff uh we've talked a little bit about some of them but we haven't gone really in depth with um a couple which i know we'll talk about and then we'll bring up some more as well um i guess luke do you want to was there anything what stood out to you i guess as the uh i don't know one of the worst movies that you saw last year well john uh (laughs) just before this i watched the lion king there we go we'll start with most recent (laughs) and this so this one's a hard one to evaluate. It is. Um, I agree. Cause yeah, it's hard to evaluate it on the same playing field as other movies. Because in a way, it's just not its own movie at all. Um yeah. which is part of the reason which is definitely a reason you can dock it or you know, in this case dock it or also just not care as much about it and just go along with the uh the remake uh the remake uh the remake music and um mm-hmm. i i guess yeah i i guess since there is uh so little new in this movie it made it's is what made the uh the lion king remake by john favreau very uh frustrating especially towards the end um and I, I like obviously I think I can see the you know the visual people being like 
oh the visuals you know the visuals it's you know i can see being you know being like oh this enhances the action scenes or makes it mm-hmm. slightly more immersive or something like that but you know other than that you know it, there's nothing other than creating this uh, artificial uh world it, this movie is not doing anything uh new of itself uh to add uh to the movie or not giving its own take on the story whatsoever it's basically uh uh copying every uh shot from before and uh copying every line and every story telling technique and all the music so it's kind of yeah it's kind of hard to look at it as its own thing um but it's also kind of hard to like hate a hundred percent because it's yeah. it's still kind of um, it's it's still got the good vibes and it's not as annoying as uh, maybe something like Joker or The Rise of Skywalker, you know. It, it, but it, it's also it's also just kind of like come on, what even <laughs> what even is this? What is the point of this? And I I thought the few things it did uh, differently, uh, storytelling wise, just kind of weren't as good as the first movie i I thought that especially having james earl jones as the same voice i thought you just heard a lesser uh version and a uh and a less energized less reverbed maybe uh like just performance it's uh, weird to have the same to do a movie yeah he's, a he's just like remake and have the same guy in it yeah he's just kind of like re-saying everything but he's just it almost sounds like, oh, I said this already, so I don't have to say it as crazy as I did before. Yeah, just here um, to cash my check. Yeah, and, and there's certain, um, there's certain storytelling, um, like decisions that it makes that, um, that like the the little things that the movie adds, for instance, like just adding modern bs humor of today like that all the animals say like i think eric andre has a lot of uh like humor lines that you know just to comment on things that are going on that weren't there before Mm -hmm. um and then there's a lot with uh just random animals and timon and pumbaa and 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 i don't think that com that the comment you can i don't think like this isn't the big deal (laughs) this is the big (laughs) deal i'm just saying this but I, i don't think the comedy of today is very uh appealing for instance and necessary so i don't regard the extra humor as a positive in this movie Mm, um but then there's the redemption scene for instance where uh simba chases uh the monkey whatever the monkey's name is and uh, it's the big redemption scene where you know mufasa it says you forgot who you are and he's like he and he's like he is in you they kind of they kind of do that scene a little rushed and kind of in reverse um where he sees himself in the mirror and then he talks to his dad and he kind of like the scene isn't earned his like his uh his run back to pride rock isn't earned quite as much just because it he ends up saying, yes, I am Simba, the son of uh, Mufasa, I remember. And it just kind of happens, um, not in a less or, uh, organic and um, earned way. I don't think you feel Simba's desperation that much. I mean, not even like this is much of a point, uh, mm-hmm. because that is not the biggest problem at all with the movie. Um the movie uh <laughs> in quotes um 
Yeah, it's like a a CGI version of Planet Earth. At some points, you know, it's yeah, yeah. It it, it looks it looks really interesting and cool, yeah, it looks very appealing. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, and it's and then other th- and then eventually once that wears off, you're just like, like what the fuck am I watching? Um, mm-hmm. It's like if you made Star Wars a New Hope with better effects yeah. or something like that, and you used act different a different cast, or and then you know it's just unnecessary. Yeah, I don't I don't get it either because I feel like Lion King is still popular with. Um you know new generations and i don't know anyone who would put this one on instead of the original it, yeah there's it, no one who complains about the old lion king i think yeah. the animation is uh fairly timeless in in a way and this movie just kind of takes everything good um and just attaches its effects to to the movie and says that this is you know the new lion king but it's not a new lion king it's exactly the same yeah and it just takes the same music and um yeah i don't really like it yeah (laughs) it's it there's not there's no charm to it at all it's just so unnecessary and it's you know disney keeps making all of these live action quote-unquote live action remakes of all their movies but what's the point with lion king because they're not real animals it's still not live action but we just for some reason have to do a cgi version of um a popular movie from really not that long ago uh it just doesn't make any sense at least mulan which is coming out there's i guess reason to make it live action because you can use actual people but yeah uh yeah it's there's yeah there's just no reason for it really (laughs) Yeah, it's like to ex- to uh, uh, flex the technology that they have. Uh, yeah, yeah. I did like Seth Rogen as Pumbaa a lot. He's perfect person um, to play Pumbaa. I yeah. thought it was really funny and just uh, pretty awesome in ways. And um, actually, like the three lowest movies on my list are uh, actually Disney Disney movies. But mm-hmm. I found this movie easier to watch than uh, than others. <laughs> yeah, you know what totally, I mean. Like, there's yeah. there's definitely ones that give me more of a headache than this. This, even though towards the end of this, like especially in just the last fight, I was just like out of it. I was just like, uh, I was just <laughs> like, let's go pick this up. Yeah, it's uh, it's not one that I'll probably see again, but just gotta see it out of curiosity and just i I mean the lion king it's one of my favorite movies growing up so it's Mm -hmm. when i was like i was still excited to just see what they did but that's just very uninteresting Uh, yeah i mainly watched it because i thought it would be yeah an interesting thing to talk about how uninteresting mm -hmm. it is yeah right and another one that's towards the bottom of my list is aladdin which Ah. Also, you know, they, they at least there's the whole Will Smith being blue. And <laughs> it's just the whole thing is weird with him, com- you know, comparing that to the cartoon of Robin Williams. I don't know. It's just weird. But uh, Aladdin, at least doing a live action one, you can use actual people. But uh, it still just felt very uninteresting. 
yeah and they fit a ton of 2019 jokes in there and uh yeah it just that it just feels really bland and enforced unnecessary cash grab so uh but we know they're not going to stop here so because people like me will still go and pay movie ticket prices to see it for some reason but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you did i did shame on you man it I, it, it does look cool they they can make these yeah. look really good but uh, the carpet ride was a uh, magical <laughs> oh man you feel like you're on a i had ride. goose i had goosebumps <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh yeah that's uh disney those are uh i guess some of their uh just a couple of their hit hits and misses from this year i don't know um i guess uh, uh going along with that i'll bring up uh some that i can relate to disney i guess because there's a lot of disney towards the bottom and there's also a lot of netflix towards the bottom but with netflix i also i think we both had two netflix movies in our top 10 um when i look at my bottom 10 i also have five netflix movies Uh uh-huh yeah i think i i i kind of yeah i do yeah i i have one that we talked about a little bit which is earthquake bird which is alicia vikander in japan it's just kind of weird i don't even remember that much from it but uh oh i i don't remember that movie's <laughs> existence at all there you go that's how <laughs> unmemorable bird. it is um then other ones like murder mystery just there's every year there's gonna yeah. be an adam sandler one that uh just isn't good but it's it's good to this year have an adam sandler towards the bottom like murder and then gems at the top to balance it out yeah exactly uh and murder mystery i didn't uh i didn't hate i liked it more than a few of his others that came out uh last decade like (laughs) ridiculous six but yeah um it's definitely towards uh towards the bottom of my list yeah uh, and another one too, which is sad to see at the bottom of my list because all the people involved in it are um, really great and hilarious. But Wine Country, yeah, yeah, it's just a shame that I have all it that there towards toys. the bottom, but I have it slightly ahead of Murder Mystery. Oh, there you go. They're like I liked it a little. I liked it a little bit more, I'd say. Um, I did. There were, but they're both right. Then. They're right there. They're both just right there on the list they're both kind of it doesn't really matter (laughs) there were some funny moments in wine country that i that i really enjoyed but just for the most part really just disappointing i think wine country's frustrating in its own kind of way because you're just like they're not doing anything like even on screen you could like you can just tell this is a giant hangout for them and yeah let's go and let's go up to napa and drink wine and we'll just bring some cameras and make a movie out of it which you could almost say it's a little charming because of that but eh, Mm. it's kind of it's kind of uh dry it's very dry it's a dry wine yeah yeah Uh, but not in a good way uh yeah so there's wine country i guess i just wanted to bring up like some of these netflix ones quick Uh, another one is six underground the michael bay one oh yeah that one it's also north towards the bottom of my list but there were moments it had its moments exactly yeah that's why it's it's i feel like netflix doesn't care if they have a billion movies like this 
where they're like interesting they'll get enough people to be interested in and yeah. enjoy parts of it but overall just not a good movie there um, were such ridiculous action scenes in it yes. that i just was i had so much fun during sometimes but yeah at the same time as a whole this thing's like what the hell <laughs> yeah it's it could get really bonkers in spots but uh yeah another one not to hate but it's just not good i totally good. totally uh and then the last one which i want to talk the least about this one uh was holiday in the wild uh, it's one we just watched while we're like putting uh, we're like putting Christmas decorations up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put on, like, oh, this is some random Netflix movie with Rob Lowe and the lady from Sex in the City um, in Africa, and it's a holiday movie. And it's uh, yeah, I, I saw one review on Letterboxd. Someone said uh, my mom liked it because there are no cuss words in it, and it's like that's the perfect way to just describe this movie is that moms will like it um but uh and and that's an insult because it's not a good movie but it's one moms were like oh that's kind of sweet you know they they recognize this one actress from this one show uh and they say that i don't know i i've definitely i definitely could see some moms interested in it but it's it's a terrible movie and uh it's a shame <laughs> that uh rob Lowe is in it because i thought rob Lowe was gonna be starring in a bunch of comedies after parks and rec but he like revitalized his career, but now he's going to do this type of movie in some dumb shitty show on Fox. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's Holiday in the Wild. Don't I watch forget it. what that show is on Fox? Um, it's like nine one one something. You know what? Actually, he does so many shows that the one I'm thinking of was probably canceled five years ago. Yeah. And now it's a different one. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's Holiday in the Wild, though. So yeah, those are just some of the Netflix movies towards the bottom of my list. But uh, hey, I, I wouldn't have seen any of those movies if they weren't on Netflix. So I got to expand my horizons a little bit. And you watched also Noel. Yes, uh, Noel. we both watched Noel. We both seen, yeah. A Disney Plus movie. Yeah, and that's that one's not great either. Uh, Noel, I was disappointed in because I thought just based on the cover i was like okay this is some sort of romantic comedy with bill Hader and anna totally totally i'm not it's not gonna be great probably but i'll watch something you know that could be remotely funny with bill Hader. um yeah i didn't realize there were siblings and that it's really it's a children's movie made for two-year-olds you know people that you know can't even comprehend what life is yet still (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's very much uh a uh, dumbed down and it's crazy to say this about this movie but it's a dumbed down like elf yeah (laughs) and elf is is. already (laughs) a very mindless film but noel is even more mindless and for people with uh worse attention spans and lower intelligences and uh it's modern in the worst way and uh and if Anna Kendrick and Bill Hader weren't so likable, it would be an atrocious movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this had Shirley MacLaine in it, too. Like, some pretty big names. But I know there's, like, a big lesson that is kind of learned, too. Or, like, they try uh, to give a lesson, too, in this movie. I just I don't even remember. remember what that is, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah, it's... Uh, 
I honestly thought that they had finally stopped making movies like this. Yeah. Um, that are just so over the top kitty. Like this was definitely, I mean, I, it was obviously direct to Disney plus, but this would have been a direct to Disney channel or VHS back in the day. I, I don't felt really like, like one of those. mind the very idea of Anna Kendrick being, um, a Santa Claus, a female <laughs> Santa Claus really at all. But, um, just the fact that this movie is, uh, just so lazy and the yeah. execution, uh, is not very good just makes it just puts a bad uh bad stain on it yeah it's uh man yeah it, it it does it just feels something not worth your time at all it's not even it can't even be like oh yeah it's a you know this is a cute little movie to watch around the holiday season there's no no redeeming qualities to it yeah i don't know but a bunch of people watch it because it's on disney plus so there you go. Um, another movie that I wanted to bring up too is one that we've both seen that you recommended to me early in the year, and that's Serenity. Yes. Yes, I recommended this one. Yes, and Serenity is a great example of a movie that I thought was absolutely terrible, but I would watch again. Yeah. <laughs> I actually had a great time watching it too. Yeah. It has so it's so interesting and so weird. The twist is something I couldn't even remotely predict, and I thought was so absolutely ridiculous that I loved it at the same time. Yeah, made zero <laughs> sense. It makes the whole movie completely ridiculous, and you can't. From there, you just can't take it seriously, and maybe even yeah. before that, you you already lost the ability to do that but yeah i watched yeah. it on a plane and when the <laughs> twist hit me i like i was just in the goofiest weirdest mood i just like of disbelief for the next out for the next hour of the movie yeah and i was just like what the hell is going on and then you're just you're just watching matthew mcconaughey walk up and down the island like drunk <laughs> <laughs> and it's just yeah such a strange film uh yeah. And, yeah, and there's spoilers if you haven't seen it yet. Uh, skip past this part, but the fact that I guess the movie leans on that everything that you've seen before the twist was sort of in the mind of the right kid, of the kid. It like it makes sense, but then it also just makes it that much weirder. And yeah, yeah. It's like what kind of what kind of perverted mind does this kid have? And picturing why his parents have... just having hardcore sex on this boat yeah. or something yeah and his wife's getting beat his mom or whatever's getting yeah. beaten and they everyone just talks so weird and yeah and there's just this weird vibe <laughs> on this island oh my god it's the yeah the, the twist is something you gotta you have to just you know strap in and be like okay i'm gonna go along with this and weirdly it's like almost as preposterous a twist as interstellar is (laughs) (laughs) which is crazy because if you think about these two movies together one is a uh much more well-regarded movie and uh yes actually it has a actually probably has a lot more to offer in in general but yeah both twists are mcconaughey and his kid and and these weird preposterous twists yeah, just not not neither of them make a lot of sense. 
um, but try to. And uh, yeah, I definitely recommend Serenity. It's one I would recommend to someone if they, because I, I don't think anyone can take that twist seriously. I don't know if there's anyone, and if there are, then they're a really interesting person. If they see that twist, then they're like, "Oh my god, oh that makes so much sense now." That's oh, that, that's yeah, so no, cool. I yeah, don't, I, I, don't, I don't think anybody would. It's because it's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. For the first, uh, I'd say, couple acts, it's just a regular kind of dumb bad movie and then yeah, yeah then the twist hits and you're just like whoa what the f- now what this the is hell where it, yeah. am i yeah you realize that you're in a different world <laughs> a yeah. different type of really? movie land than usual yeah that makes it worth the watch for sure is the twist yeah which is why i'd say I'd, i i could almost say that i put this movie as the the king of the the bad movies uh mm-hmm. on my list probably it's probably the yeah. best bad movie of my bottom 12 or so i would definitely say it's it's up there as the uh the first one that i would rewatch if i had to uh yeah um anything else so stand out to you i don't want to talk about anything else on my list except for one movie because i want to save the rest for the second half yes um so yeah we talked about a good amount already so we'll 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 get to the rest next week and then the last thing for me today would be star wars the rise of skywalker we've put this off for too long now let's get into it we need we need (laughs) to have some closure we need to figure this out out. Yeah. yeah we need to figure this out this is a good one to end on in our next uh, section of the the worst of 2019. We'll cover some more that we'll of course talk about a lot. But yeah, this is uh, also one on my list. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. This is like the reason why you do a bad movie podcast is because when movies really rub you the wrong way, yes, which this one did for me, mm-hmm. then you get to talk about it. Like when I was talking about how the there like the lion king i really didn't like and i really didn't think it was like a real movie or good for the i would almost say it's not good for cin- cinema or the world or uh people's mm-hmm. brains you could almost you could <laughs> make that argument um but it didn't like it didn't like uh i didn't feel insulted by it i didn't have a headache during it which is how i felt watching star wars the rise of skywalker um yeah i felt just like like i could not i couldn't watch at points i was just kind of like i was just kind of like damn (laughs) (laughs) like 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 i could almost tell right from the beginning um that the movie was not going to be good uh that it was i was not going to like the direction it goes or even if i just or just it wasn't even about like the direction it was just the way it uh it, it did the everything, you know, just the way it told its story. It had a very hyperized ed- edit- editing to it and just felt very um, compiled by a, uh, a group of producers at Disney and that and um, it just it, it was so um, uh, such a weak move to um, go this direction of in the trilogy at the last minute. 
um, with the story and act like it came out organically or act like it should we should care about the twist in this one like it should yeah. be some big surprise because uh, uh, it doesn't come out in a it does not come out in a withheld interesting organic uh, way um, and uh, yeah it's, there's it's uh, it is such a rush of a movie it it's so confusing to me I you know I I watch it and I don't understand what the point of any of it is. Yeah. There's there is really there's so there's a lot of details to get into with Star Wars. I know I, I I felt like my last thoughts felt they felt so um, all over the place because yeah there is just so much to get into. The big overarching one I feel like is that they had no plan going into this whole trilogy and just thought that it was going to work out somehow trying to go with the same beats as um the original trilogy you know the first one was you know basically all george lucas written and directed by him uh and so they tried to do that i guess with jj abrams for the first one and there was like an exact remake of it and then going into uh, you know empire strikes back where it's a little bit of a different different take like the next two movies have a bit of different takes from uh different directors but it all just became a mess because you had jj abrams doing one completely different thing and ryan johnson doing another completely different thing so there's no there's no none of it makes any sense or means anything yeah it's just, there's uh it, there's not a franchise that has so uh little uh cohesion yeah uh it's unreal and and, and and this I, I just felt like this one is the worst one easily and it, it ends it so it's just so ridiculous yes um yeah. it's just like like the first the force awakens very much to me was very much a like a sleep kind of a sleeper in my for me and kind of theme park ish um but it wasn't i thought it had a lot more quality to it and a lot more yeah. things you could remember and a lot of like a lot of heart that was put into it to a degree. And then I thought that, uh, the second, the next one, uh, the last Jedi was almost like a happy accident where, you know, that you could go anywhere in the trilogy and, um, Ryan Johnson really went anywhere. Like he really just took it to a different place. And now they bring JJ back in this one and you clearly, they wanted to undo it and fix it. Yep. It was like a whole big. It was the movie was one big subtweet to Ryan Johnson, just like yeah. yeah well, you know what happens then? Just kidding. This happens. Oh, you yeah. thought Ray was no one? No, she's for some reason, she's the granddaughter of Palpatine. Yeah. The sole reason just to say, hey, everybody, here's Palpatine again. You remember him? You know? Yeah. Or just to tie her to someone. Yeah, and it, and I liked that a lot about the Last Jedi. How Adam Driver has a scene where he's like, "Your parents were nobody. You know, they were drunks yes. or something. They sold you for drunk money." Love. I liked that scene a lot. And then there's a scene in this one where they're just like, "She's a Palpatine," and it just immediately undoes it. And I'm just like, "Ugh." Yeah. Um, and and it no doesn't reason. come. It and it, yeah, and it doesn't come out um, in any way where it's. Uh, you know, like it's been building to this reveal or anything. It just does it. 
Yeah. So it's extra. Um, it's extra annoying because of that. Like, Palpatine's just shown at the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just shown immediately. You're like, all right, yeah, because we're gonna bring Palpatine back. Here he is, <laughs> you yes. know. No and then he's, here. And I, I thought the, uh, the Palpatine set, I thought was also, I mean, not set. It clearly wasn't a set, but the Palpatine uh, layer. His layer yeah, is. I thought it was very yeah. ugly and dark. There's nothing and to it. Yeah, it was just. I so thought Palpatine and... looked ugly and dark, and uh, I thought that they took one of the best characters in the Star Wars trilogy and made him just. Uh, not just it's his worst movie he's used totally yeah, he's a plot device yeah um yeah yeah and he doesn't seem very smart in this movie he doesn't seem uh he doesn't have like those great monologues that you're looking for that are in revenge of the sith or the or um return of the jedi he's he's just an evil kind of monster animal thing that's hanging over this uh hanging hanging on this metal machine that apparently has been keeping alive and he's yeah, even he's stronger like with the force with yeah he's <laughs> even stronger with the force to where it feels like a a shitty a shitty um sort of like magical quality to it like bad harry potter or something like that mm-hmm. um and in the beginning and, too they like they show palpatine like this and just it's the quickest just explanation to like get things yeah. moving like no yeah the horrible storytelling just like oh so palpatine was behind the whole th- this the whole time like he was the yeah uh, like, like was once so, again he's behind so, oh, okay. everything uh okay. which is not that uh i don't think that the very idea of this movie of her being a palpatine or of Palpatine doing everything again is like a horrible idea. I I don't think that the movies, I think the movie has ideas. I just think that it executes everything in such a poor way. I mean, a very like Disney Avengers type way um, Mm -hmm. that um, I, I just like really, I really think it's just bad for movies um, that, Movies like these get made and everyone sees them and some a lot of uh, audiences uh, they don't know uh, they don't they don't like know the difference you know because I think it's clearly catering towards everyone's bad attention spans um, yeah, with absolutely. how cluster, much of a clusterfuck it is narrative wise and how it's just so hyper edited and how a- exposition is just like thrown up and then they cut to a big ass like. Uh, big ass spaceship battle all of a sudden and then they tell you another thing it's just so sloppy and um and and i i just I, it's it to me it's very much like looking at the death of uh of blockbuster filmmaking um just like watching it happen because there's so many of these types of movies being made lately uh where they're edited together like this with no care and uh and I thought I thought uh, Infinity War was like that. I thought Captain Marvel was kind of like that as well. Um, that's also in my worst list. Um, yeah, and it kind of just makes me sick. <laughs> I hate it. I hate how li- how they don't hold on a shot ever. It's just kind of a just tells me they're like, oh yeah, none of this. Yeah, none of this matters. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We put and this together. Just, like, it's like. 
five minutes okay we're doing this thing and then like you don't have any any time to think about what's actually happening or what we're what like what are we doing here what why we keep moving from like planet to planet what do we and we're apparently just supposed to get this stone like everything like oh so yeah because they because they said that thing last time now that's yeah. why they're doing this you know yeah it's, someone uh, said this thing and there's no there's no no substance to it at all and it's just they they move along so fast they don't have any time to just like think like the this is completely stupid <laughs> it just wants to like keep moving you through okay this and this and this and there's no stakes at all for anything you know chewbacca dies but then of course he's back alive and then all of a sudden ray can just she's godlike and can just heal anything yeah anybody. all of a sudden the, yeah this like power comes out of nowhere that we've never seen in star wars before and you could say like you can maybe nitpick certain details in star wars too much but i feel like star wars goes over the top to like explain everything that it 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 provokes you into nitpicking the little details that it just the way the force works and all that stuff and why they're able to do this now everything's so over explained now when in the original trilogy was fairly vague uh, still, I feel. Yeah, like. you know, it is. I think the explaining that you're talking about mainly comes from the prequels. Prequels, yeah. And then so, and it's almost then in this, they continue to do the same thing, but it, and it's just, just as bad. I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense that they can just yeah. keep adding all these different layers without any rhyme or reason. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I really didn't like the fact that Ray had to be Palpatine's granddaughter because then you have to go into all the details about that too because then you say, oh, the Jedi are supposed to be like these celibate, um, you know, like monk-like warriors. Um, but then all of a sudden they're, they all have these offspring that, uh, that everyone just has to be connected mm-hmm. uh, for some reason, you know. It just... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, what's weird about this movie is it's the one Star Wars movie that's not Solo and not um, Rogue One. You know, like part of the whatever story, the whole big picture thing yeah. that it just mm-hmm. doesn't even. It feels so um, unlike a Star Wars movie. Yeah. Um. Because while I'm not a fan of The Force Awakens, I think I, you can't say that it doesn't feel like a Star Wars movie because yeah. that is the only thing they were trying to do in The Force yeah, Awakens right. is like get back to what Star Wars felt like. Um, yeah, and I, th- I just think uh, this movie's missing a lot of the cohesion and ambition and... Uh, just kind of care for individual scenes uh, that uh, has kept no matter what you felt about any Star Wars movie. But it, I think that you could you could say that every Star Wars movie to this point has at least had those qualities, has had that feel like they were trying for something, trying for something bigger. Um, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, this one very much just felt like a producer-driven movie. Um that was trying to please fans and uh, close everything out the right way. And it had too many moving parts 
um, in order uh, and, and too little time to do it uh, in a way that wasn't a mess. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, I I'm just glad that this whole Skywalker saga is over then because they clearly just have no idea what to to do with um, I guess the vision for that. And I do have confidence that they could do, I guess, interesting Star Wars stuff in the future just because The Mandalorian was a good show. It wasn't like anything um, totally new or mind-blowing. Uh, but it was it's a solid um, it's a solid, I guess, entry into the Star Wars universe from them that's completely separate from all the Skywalker stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, so I think if they start doing those brand new stories with not not trying to include any vision from like um, the Skywalker saga or from a bunch of different minds, just sort of uh, you know a cohesive story through and through from um, like yeah. I know John Favreau is is doing a lot with the Mandalorian, so you know they have him helming that. That's kind of what they need, but. It's just it's so messy when you get into uh, get into this latest trilogy, and I just I don't even understand what the point of the whole thing was. It's yeah, nothing happened, <laughs> but a ton of things happened. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, we got that that's, out there. That's Star Wars. There's so much more to say about it too. I don't know. I know, but it's also like good to keep it somewhat brief because then you end up being. Like those people who complain about it for months. Yes. And then you're yeah. just a you're just one of those like nerds that can't get over it. Yeah. Uh, right. So I, I like how I I say that all right, this is my least favorite movie of the year, for sure. But I also I talk about it very little. And mm-hmm. um I think about it very little. Like th- there's a few times where I really think about it like it was when the oscar nominations were out and i'm like oh yeah john williams got nominated for the score i'm like i can't believe that john williams scored this trash movie you know like it was the best part things like that yeah yeah i actually like the the i really like the new score for this trilogy like ray's theme and and everything that's because it's john williams but yeah uh nails it every time yeah but there were moments when i was watching rise of skywalker where they're playing the emperor's theme which is you know so good um and i'm just kind of like this is so dumb because the everything on screen that's happening is really stupid but yet there's this classic music playing so now it's i i the music has kind of a goofy um thing in my mind about how it was played during a stupid scene yeah. in this movie and going back to something that i can't let go uh is just that everyone has to be related to everyone and it uh there's a scene towards the end which i i didn't hate everything in this movie um but this was a moment that i really hated it's in the end when um everyone's back you know they're all like cheering and hugging yeah they're doing the yub 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 time yeah (laughs) yub yub time and yub nub or whatever whoever that girl that finn meets who's like she doesn't know who where she came from who her parents are or anything and she's talking to lando 
and <laughs> she's like and he's like who are you or like where are you from or something and or, who are your parents and she's like i don't know and then he's like well let's find out and it's like oh so now oh, she man. is lando's daughter that. like why why does that why did you need that it's one thing whose daughter uh apparently that girl is lando's daughter at least that's what i that's what i gathered from lando goes to her so uh what's your story where are you from or who's your parents something like that and she's like well i don't know anything about where i came from or my childhood or who my parents are and he's like let's go find out and it's like (laughs) what that's so why this is weird yeah it's yeah they just have to over explain everything like that too what's like, with all these parents abandoning their children in the star yeah. wars universe like fucking have a baby and just take care of it like a normal yeah, these, person where are these baby daddies at yeah they just uh <laughs> they have to say everyone is related where are you to who are, where are you from <laughs> <laughs> let's find out yeah it's like star wars has just become maori now and uh yeah, they might as well just do some DNA tests on some young Jedi orphans or something. Yeah, it's it's just it just is unnecessary. And they went with like one of the greatest twists of all time was that Darth Vader is Luke's father, and so they just have to run with that. Yeah, and yeah. Make everyone related to everyone. Everyone has to be related and has to be a twist and Yeah. It just is too much. It's too much. <laughs> <laughs> Let's find out. Yeah, that was my, that was my least favorite part. Yeah. Um, well. Yeah, I'm good. I guess that's part one <laughs> of our worst of 2019 list. Um, yeah, I, a lot of I wish I'd seen some of these more recently so I could go a little more in depth. But I think the the gist of what we talked about today for me is I recommend seeing Serenity and. Rise of Skywalker has a lot of issues that we can't even... <laughs> it would take days to finish talking The Rise about of Skywalker is very problematic. But what we can do is we can put it to rest. Yeah. Uh, but don't worry. Yeah. We're, I'm going to watch The Joker. Yes. And next week we will be talking about more problematic things. Yes. Uh, and we talked about The Joker a lot already, but I still I know, think we I can still, talk about it I even more. I still haven't seen it. That's one. That's one. Uh, next week will be we buried Rise of Skywalker. This week, next week, we'll bury Joker. Bury the Joker. And we definitely. Won't have to talk about these again. Yep. We'll, yeah. And I have a few coffin. more on my list. Like I, I really covered uh, the most of them to most of them today. But there's mainly a couple more on my list, and then I have uh, I have plans to watch Joker and the Fanatic, which. The fanatic, a ton of people have seen, <laughs> yes. which is interesting, which is weird. Uh, so I can't wait to watch that movie. Yeah, and I and I've seen the fanatic, so I'm excited to see your reaction to it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Then you will have a couple more too, and I'm there's definitely um, a couple more that I want to try and uh, try and see because I figure they'll make my list. But uh, yeah, we'll find out next week. All right, All right. that's well, a wrap. 